There it is. That's their ship. This is our colony-class deep space mothership, Celestial Being. Eolia predicted all of this over two centuries ago, an encounter with a still unknown race. The dialogues that are to come. GN Drives, Veda, The Innovators, and... How this ship is to be the hope of mankind. It will save humanity from extinction. It is a new Noah's Ark. Message to all ships. Know that we members of Celestial Being are going to break into the enemy's massive mothership. We plan to recover the quantum processing system, Veda which lies somewhere within the ship. I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who have assisted us in our struggle and pay my respects to all who gave their lives in battle. Oh, Lisa. Lasse, set a course for the enemy mothership. Roger that. Heading straight for the enemy mothership. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's giving Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I am Tyler, the undefeated. I'm not quite undefeated. I'm like 50-50. My name is Zach. We are watching episode 23 of part two of Gundam Double O today, which is episode 48 overall, Flower of Life. We failed to record three episodes last time, so now we have to record three episodes. (laughs) Uh, The Flower of Life is a phoenix sound, right? Yeah, that checks out. Is the phoenix down? I thought phoenix down was a feather. Well, yeah, because Traditionally. it's the down of a phoenix. Oh, but it also sounds like you would name a restorative plant that. I would, yes. This looks like phoenix down. We no, have a plant I would call called... it a phoenix up. Nah, nah. Uh, I was going to say, we have a plant called baby's breath. I wouldn't put it past someone. So basically, we are in the end game, as the one character in end game would say. Now. <laughs> I can't remember who says that line. It was going to be a good joke. It got away from me. Uh, Which movie is that? Endgame. The Avengers movie. <laughs> oh. So perhaps we should review how we got here. Once upon a time, there was a nerd who really, really liked Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and he liked Star Trek so hard, he made an, an artificial intelligence to help guide humanity to create superhumans to create Gundams so that eventually they could talk to aliens. Yep. First, though, he was like, we got to get rid of this war. Star Trek doesn't have war. <laughs> 300 years later, that computer recruited some teenagers and their mom, not their biological mom, their tactical mom. And dad. It recruited Lock-On, too. He's their uncle. He's just an old teenager. Yeah, that I was going to say, Ian he did Vashti dad? No, Ian Vashti is the weird uncle. Yeah, he's not cool <laughs> uncle. He's weird uncle. And now they have Lasse? cousin Milena. Yeah, Lasse's the closest to a dad, for sure. I always thought of Lasse as being like the cool older brother. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that is more accurate. They ended war. Unfortunately, that created a bunch of a-holes who are trying to murder everybody, led by a superhuman with a god complex. Unfortunately, what some random guy's girlfriend is also in the a-holes. 
Yes. Not oh. some random guy. I'm sorry. One, one of, of the, the pilot's neighbors. Yeah, one of the teenager's neighbor's girlfriends is in the a-holes. She's and also the- uh, owns Spain, as far as I can tell, so she gave them a bunch of money. I was reading the Gundam Wiki page for Louise Holovy, trying to figure something out if we got any more details on a thing. And I went under abilities, and the first one is, she's presumed to be fluent in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and Japanese. Yep. And maybe English? What do you think the official language of of the uh, American of the super Union? state is? Well, it's definitely English, but in Japan, they might still use Japanese. Everyone in the show speaks Japanese, so clearly it becomes the dominant world language at some point. Also, there's a pop idol princess in the Middle East. She has some orphans. She is with Catheron, the main rebellion force against the a-holes. She is also in space for some reason. Yeah. And she has philosophical conundrums with one of the teenagers. Tyler, they're not like that. Well, no, she has (laughs) philosophical conundrums with, not philosophical engagements with. That's different. (laughs) So they found out the superconveter is an invisible base on the dark side of the moon. Not on the dark side of the moon. At Lagrange 2, past the dark side of the moon. So everybody's going to the dark side of the moon. Also, they met mom's ex-girlfriend. Not sexual ex-girlfriend, just like they used to be gal pals. They were actually gals being pals. And or her senpai? Question also mark. co-worker? <laughs> oh this my was God. A co- this is a more complicated relationship than I thought between Sumeragi and Kadi. Yep, they went to school together. They were co-workers and also antagonists, kind of. She and her boy toy showed up to save the day. By rebelling against the a-holes because they were a-holes. You know, I think that is the most accurate description of Patrick Collisar. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, man, hey, the, in the last episode, not to spoil it too much, when he still calls her Colonel is amazing. <laughs> you know who wears the pants there. Let's see, is there anyone else who's important? The superhumans have a bunch of people with dumb names that are going to try to stop them. Saji Crossroad. Yeah, we mentioned him. He's a neighbor. Yeah, Billy shows up in this episode, right? Oh, yeah. yeah but he's uh, not important. Uh, well, he almost kills Tactics Mom, so... You know who's not here? Bushido Boy. Mr. Bushido's not here anymore. Okay, you said it was the last of Mr. Bushido, but it is not the last no. of Graham Aker. He does make... I said he makes an appearance in the epilogue. Okay, fair. To, to show you he did not kill himself. Let's see, anything else? I don't think so. Uh, Tyria... Is... Oh, yeah, I guess it, also one of the teenagers was secretly a superhuman all along. Yep. Uh, it wasn't really a secret. Well, he didn't know. it was know. a secret for a while. Yeah, but he told everybody else pretty much as soon as he found out. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't. It was a secret to him. It was a secret to everybody, including him. <laughs> and also, something weird is going on with Teenager Prime. His name is Setsuna Fse. He might be a purebred teenager. Uh, also, the old teenager died, so they had to get a new old teenager, his twin brother, whose character stats are exactly the same, but he took slightly better feats. I'm. S- Sad I didn't bring my notebook because I wrote something about lock-on and I just whiffed writing an L. So it definitely says cock-on. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I now if I ever make a Gundam porn, I've got the character. Oh, also, also, the superhumans hate humans except for this one asshole mercenary they keep paying. They gave him a Gundam and everything. He's really good at war, to be fair. But the whole point is humans are too good at war. That's why they don't like them and have to take over. No, well, okay, the, the innovators are better at war. Humans just like war too much. In theory, I mean, the innovators keep losing at war. To be fair, they are vastly outnumbered. The innovators? Well, I guess compared to the humans is what I was thinking. I guess they do have the superior numerical force. But, I mean, they're always outnumbering celestial being, who, which is who is they are fighting. That was a fucking sentence. <laughs> the, but they beat the crap out of Catheron, who outnumber them pretty greatly. 
Yes, but the A-laws in general were doing that anyway. A lot of inverse ninja rule going on is all I'm saying, which is why Graham Aker had to become a Bushi, though. Ah, no, it makes sense now. Yeah, that, that's everything, right? That's a concise and comprehensible summation of Gundam 00 so far, right? That only took five minutes to yeah, ramble the about Graham Aker. The other characters that might have been important are dead this episode. Speaking of dead, Regina Regetta just shot Ribbons Allmark, the king of superhumans, in the head. It is like, now I'm the king of superhumans. We'll see how that long that lasts. Bets it's- on Ribbons clones. All right, so we are watching episode 23 of part two, episode 48 overall, Flower of Life. You can watch along on Crunchyroll if you want. And we start out with Regina Regetta having just shot Ribbon's Allmark. There's blood in everything. There was, when it happened, a bullet wound even. Presumably there still is one. So he starts laughing triumphantly. Oh, Regina. Anyway, Regina now owns the Aeolia. But Ribbon's is like, lol, no. I own the Aeolia plan. I was never dead. I'm like a cat. I have multiple lives. And bodies, apparently. I actually, I imagine it's like a Q-Bay situation. He's like, you know, these are expensive, right? <laughs> it does seem very Q-Bay. Uh, Regina's like, that's not true. That's impossible. But Revan Zalmark is like, I am directly linked to Veda. So I can just, you know, move my brain between different bodies. So how many of these do you think he has stored? Like, just in case Regina decides to shoot at him. I mean, he clearly knew this was going to happen, right? So A six-pack. From what they were talking about previously, he basically said he knew Regina was turning on him. So yeah, he was totally ready for this. So Ribbons is like, I'm better than all of you. There are many things I can do that you cannot. And Regina's like, no, and goes to shoot Ribbons again. But secret Sanchez. Ribbons is like, I have this pocket Sanchez. You know how much I pay this man? Well, I now have another porn name if I need one. So anyway, Sanchez is like, hey, it looks like you're running out of main characters out there. Can I go out? to play and Ribbons is like fine and then we get an opening sequence so yeah Ribbons was dead for uh, about <laughs> a minute well if you watch the original version zero seconds because immediately it was like next time on Ribbons all marks face <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't hide anything it was like hey look he's dead nope he's all better I mean it could have been a flashback to be fair was it this episode or was it a previous episode where we saw all the Brings Stabity? That was a previous episode. Okay. We Brings Stabity are on the table. They have been foreshadowed. They've been brought. I wasn't I wasn't sure if they are if brought Stabity. Brings yep. Nova or Divine Stabity was here. I really want Stabity to be like a traditional name somewhere. It's not. Not remotely. None of them are. Well, Allmark sounds like it could be. Yeah, Ribbons Allmark almost sounds like a real name, except who would name their child Ribbons on purpose? Uh, a Star Trek nerd. I guess I could see Regetta as being a, a last name, but... Regina Regetta has by far the most reasonable name. Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't sound like a real name, but it sounds like an anime character's name, at least. So the opening ends, and we are on this massive battle between the A-holes and the A-holes. And Cotty Mannequin is just going to work. You're just like, cool, time for mop-up. And Patrick Collisar's like, oh man, being a good guy is great. I get to succeed. (laughs) Finally, I get to do something useful. So really, it's he has a low to hit, and being a good guy in this situation gives him advantage. No, it's just like I said, he is the most competent pilot. uh, He's the least competent pilot that's worth talking about. He's like the worst player in the major base in Major League Baseball. Still in Major League Baseball, still in the top 0.1% of baseball players. But he's not the superstar. I was going to say, he's uh, number 10 on the top 10 list. Yeah. I love how Colossar is just like, yo, what took you so long? Like, he was 
like he and the Gundam are bros and have yeah. always been. Yep. <laughs> like he has been Saji Crossroad this entire series. <laughs> okay, imagine if it was Patrick Colasar in the O Riser. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would work very poorly because he'd constantly be trying to take over for Setsuna. Oh, I'm just thinking he's going, okay, you know what would be gr- awesome now? Trans Am. <laughs> Uh, sets him up, starts blowing up ships and mobile suits like he's the main character or something. And notes there are no enemy main characters for him to face and no Louises. But the the enemy fleet is starting to split apart from all the damage they're taking. Got to tactics, Mom, being like, these tactics. They are to let us uh, break with through. Ian, break through. And, and he's- Linda, you're, you're also there. <laughs> so we know that Linda is on board the... Ptolemaeus and not the like weird support ship that she brought with. She's like, you know, they said that all of the main characters or all named characters have to be aboard the Ptolemaeus for this. There's more Gundams blowing up battleships. There's going to be a lot of that this episode and next episode and the episode after that. I kind of like the the gun archer and the Kyrios working as like a paired wingman team. Yeah, it's nice. And they get a message from Caddy being like, hey Gundams, just focus on defending your mothership. I got this. And everybody is like, I knew it. It was Kati Monikin this entire time. I love the, this message from Kati to Sumeragi. And she's just like, we're helping you, but don't get the wrong idea. We still hate you. We're still going to arrest you afterwards. But this is an enemy of my enemy is a problem for later situation. <laughs> it does kind of make it look, though, at, with uh, Sumeragi's reaction that she was kind of hoping that Kati was going to actually be more of the, yeah, we're here to help. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are cut off by Setsuna, who got told by Izak that they're about to fire the Death Star. Because they're about to fire the Death Star that they have on their invisible moonship. Because, of course, they have a Death Star on their invisible moonship. Why wouldn't they they have a super weapon over there? Luckily, Setsuna's ESP lets them evade in time. And mostly just more a-hole ships get blown up. I'm sorry. That lets them tie Catheron does lose one of their three question mark ships, though. I mean, that's the biggest problem is that since Catheron and them have so few ships, you can't let any of them blow up because they have characters on board. Yep. I like uh, the shot of Klaus and Space Klaus cringing <laughs> at it. Then we cut you know, to some You could wreckage. just kind of like shift off to the left and go in behind the moon, like next to the moon and come around the corner. Uh, physics. There's just so much wreckage, like Tyler said. It's like, look how much stuff they blew up. So the Gundam pilots all have to have a reaction shot of, oh, what a-holes we're fighting. (laughs) Man, those guys are a-holes. Yeah, we kind of know. So now there's a big hole in their line. Let's go take advantage of it. Yeah, it seems seems like someone should be moving. Uh, Ribbons is, of course, watching this all on his small screen TV. (laughs) From across the room. His eyesight is so good, he doesn't need a larger one. He proudly declares, keep firing, (laughs) a-holes. So apparently this thing is powered by individual butt plugs. Yes. We see his butt plug revolver set to load in new ones each time. Well, I now have another porn character name. (laughs) Uh, That's a Metal Gear Solid porn character, if I've ever heard one. (laughs) And Ribbons is like, you know what? They know where we are. Let's turn off the invisibility. It'll be impressive. I mean, it makes some sense. Like, they already know where it is. Cut through a damage report of the Ptolemy. They're fine. Catheron lost 20 mobile suits, though. And a ship. All 20 mobile suits were on the ship. So Lost is like, hey, main screen, turn on. Someone set us up the bomb? And oh no, it's their cloaked super weapon moon base. The celestial being. Because Rivens is not subtle. I wonder if Aeolia built this. 
Okay, that's fair. I kind no, because of think... it has Veda on board. I think he did build it. I don't think he was responsible for putting a big fuck off laser on it. Yeah, though. I, and to be clear, I don't think Aeolia built it. I think it was part of Aeolia's plan to build it, and it was under construction in part one. I can't imagine he would have intentionally built a giant death cannon, though. That seems kind of counteractive to no, his purposes. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is I think this yeah. was where Veda was originally housed. I think Ribbons built a big fuck-off death laser on it. To be fair, it was not where Veda was originally housed. We knew that was on the moon, vaguely. Although, actually, maybe this was. I don't know. I don't think so. Because this looks like it's made out of moon, right? Yeah, it's true. Did they just take a chunk out of the moon? That could be. So Ribbons is like, Aeolia predicted this two centuries ago, and also that we would find some aliens and talk with them. And I mean, two centuries to... ago saying we'll talk with aliens is less about predicting and more about a wild freaking guess. But he knew because he was super smart and very into Star Trek. Anyway, so he built this cool colony ship to save humanity from extinction. And then I was like, what if I watch TV here? <laughs> So has he? Is this where he's been every time he's been in the manor? I'm pretty sure. Okay, I assumed he was on Earth. Well, yeah, I think because that was the idea was to try and trick you into the fact that he's not hanging out way the hell over here. Yeah, we find out that all of the windows are in fact LED screens that are bigger than his TV that he could have been watching these tactical reports and information on. He's really, really dedicated to the bit. So Sumeragi's like, "Hey, we, the main characters of Celestial Being, are going to break into that mothership." And recover Veda. Oh, yeah, Veda is like a supercomputer. It's super important, by the way. Don't worry about it. We need it. But we're going to go grab our uh, supercomputer. Anyway, thanks for uh, helping us out, being our cannon father. I'd like to thank you all for showing up tonight. Anyway, Lasse, ramming speed. So Lasse activates ramming speed, and they head right for the celestial being. <laughs> Which does look like a jellyfish, or a jellyfish, a jellyfish crossed with a stingray. Uh, so, Sumeragi does say, if we can't recover Veda ourselves, we're going to have to destroy it. Yeah, she and Ribbons posture at each other without actually talking, like the, anime characters. The Gundams get some glory shots as they start heading in. And then the Gundammeisters once again state all their motives, in case you forgot from last episode. I really wish Satsuna had just gone, Gundam. Wow, Saji actually looks determined. His thing is for the future, which is weirdly more generic than everyone else's. Well, his thing is specifically for the future with Louise. For the future where I am married to a hot Spanish blonde. <laughs> Billionaire. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sorry. A rich, hot Spanish blonde. Sumeragi declares that we are in the end game now, and then we don't get an eye catch. We're almost out of missiles. Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 23, I think? Yeah, of season two of Gundam Double O. We only have three left, and stuff stuff is wrapping up. Jeremy keeps talking about how the show comes through like a screeching halt, um, but somehow it sticks that landing, and I agree. Um, spoilers, the end of this show is wild, and I kind of like it. And further spoilers for when we get around to recording it, but... I also like Awakening to the Trailblazer fairly well, even though it's arguably not even the same show. The characters don't even make sense. It's great and terrible at the same time. Yeah, anyway, uh, hi, everyone. Um, I guess this is a point where I do a plug for our Patreon. I think I already mentioned if you want to hear me talking about 40k and kind of like learning what the heck all the factions are for the first time, that's up on our Patreon. Another thing that just went up was I think what we did for our mic check on one of our episodes where Jer Jeremy always asks a random question, and this particular question was, which Gundam 00 girl would have an OnlyFans? The answer is obviously Christy. So if any of that sounds like fun content, 
that's over on our Patreon. You also get access to us just, like, building some gunpla together. That was a fun time. Um, we do a lot of dumb stuff. We have uh, episodes on all the Modica movies, if you're into those. So, yeah. I'm probably going to be doing a, a solo bonus episode that's going up eventually. If this sounds interesting to anyone, uh, please do let me know. Uh, because I'm going to be making slides for it for other purposes. And that is um, a presentation, a distilled presentation on Zach Bagans's Ghost Hunting for Dummies. That's content now. Why not? All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Enjoy the, the Gundam. Make sure to restock your missiles. Cut to the celestial being just being full of laser turrets shooting <laughs> them. I thought Ribbons was going to shoot his butt plug Death Star, but we seem to have forgotten about that. Yeah, I, maybe I it mean, has a charge, even though it's got a rotating butt plug cylinder. There's just a minor fault. There, there's a bug in the programming. It, it's preventing it from firing right now. They're getting it worked out. It is weird to show us that and then not have not it open it. up again. Yeah. Like, Granted, it does take away when you use it multiple times like that, but at the same time, it's like, you guys literally set this up. You're, you you need to fire Chekhov's gun here. Speaking uh, of firing Chekhov's gun. <laughs> uh, the Gundam start destroying beam turrets, like you do. While uh, Mari is uh, on her union-mandated 15, riding <laughs> on the back of the Curios. We see the Death Star is just like on a railway, which does not seem like the best way to aim it, but they fire at the Ptolemaeus. Which dodges because it's the Ptolemaeus. And Ribbons is like, hmm, yes. They were trained by Piccolo. <laughs> we get to see a few of the bits getting wrecked, the shield bits. I love seeing them in action. Although all the shield bits fall out and then Tyria pops in with uh, the like full particle shield. And it's like, also, I have a big fuck off cannon. That'll probably take out, I don't know, a couple gun turrets at least. The Archer Ario shoots more missiles. Remember, starting to run out last episode. <laughs> But uh, between the Arios and uh, Setsuna's double-O riser, they create a huge bot of destroyed turrets. Enough that Ribbons is like, not bad. And Hilling is like, man, can we do something? And Ribbons is like, no, you are my special reserves. And Hilling's like, whatever, man. We can send out the Gaga teams. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> I couldn't think of how one of her songs goes. I was going to go for the Queen reference, but... Wait, which Queen song? Uh, Radio Gaga, the song Lady Gaga named herself after. Oh, I don't know that I've ever heard the song. Oh. I do not know a lot of Queen, it turns out. Gotcha. I know the important one. Um, Man, I... Uh, we Will Rock bicycle. You. We Are the Champions. I've got, I've, none no. of us went for a Bohemian Rhapsody. No, no, yeah, that's like the third one. It's the thing, <laughs> and it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, so they've taken out 57% of the particle guns, but a new mobile suit force has shown up, and it blocks out the sun. Yeah, it's it, there's a ton of them. They don't have legs. They look really stupid. I hate the Gaga so much. They're, they're Con pretty bad, yeah. Conceptually, design-wise, story-wise, I think they serve no purpose. You know who loves them? They're just... Like, they're just a new thing to throw at you, and they're just suicide machines, even. Well, yeah. They could be missiles, and the story would not be changed. My favorite part of this, though, is when all the brings Sabbaty and now it's Trans Am at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Spoilers. So, Simbaragi's like, oh no, that design looks like that guy I totally manipulated may have built them and put Trans Am on them, I guess. So, as Tyler said, a bunch of brings Nova. Trans Am, Trans Am, Trans Am, Trans Am, Trans Am, Trans Am. <laughs> And rather than, you know, fighting or anything like that, they just all clump up and start running into things. Which I like as an option, but they basically just become Trans Am equipped missiles. 
and I don't think it really ratchets up the stakes in a meaningful way. They seem like the Trans Am should be a huge deal, but they actually seem less threatening to me than the Jinxes. <laughs> I kind of agree with you there. It just feels like this is another obstacle, but it doesn't even really feel like an obstacle because it doesn't slow them down in any way. I say we're just padding. It kind of does. This is a problem for the rest of the well, like the next episode and this one. And also, you could argue it maybe says something about ribbons using suicide weapons, but how sentient are these brings stabity? Like, well, sentient enough to yell transam. You could train a monkey to yell transam. You can chain a parrot to say transam. I don't know. Anyway, they're trying to suicide into the Ptolemaeus. And so. And then, so Sumeragi says, concentrate all of our fire to starboard. Meanwhile, a bunch of her, like the forward gun turrets, are still firing forward. I assume they do not pivot. Because all the missiles do shoot starboard. And even then, like, the Ptolemaeus' GN field is just absorbing punishment. Yeah. Until their auxiliary craft, which has been following them around, is like, okay, we'll take the hits now. Well, it's got the bodyguard rule. It can take damage for them. <laughs> and it does. Oh, no, their auxiliary craft with, I'm going to call him Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, shocked Linda is about this. To be fair, Dale is her co-worker. No one else knows Dale, but Linda has to work with him. Or had to. Not anymore. Dale's dead. <laughs> Luckily, Aleluya has more missiles to shoot at these Gaga missiles. He's almost out of missiles. I mean, it's a big spectacle with them flying in like that, but that's all this feels like. Zimurag is like, hey, Felt, haven't you found a way to break in yet? And she's like, not yet, sir. Unfortunately, the it just shows Gaga's hitting their field. It just seems like the Ptolemaeus has too many hit points. The DM is like, oh no, how am I ever going to kill you? I guess I'll send these as a hit point tax on you. So there's actually stakes to the fight so later. So you guys are currently fighting in the uh, Gagaga Winter Olympics. Oh, I was gonna say uh, environmental condition. But Catherine and Cody show up to back them up, so that's nice, I guess. And uh, Klaus, apparently in charge of everything, says to use ourselves as a human shield to block for the Ptolemaeus, just like their uh, support craft did. We also have the bodyguard rule. Unfortunately, some of the Gagas show up behind the Colonel's ship. And Patrick Colasar is like, I don't have the bodyguard rule, but I, if I believe hard enough, <laughs> I won't let you touch the colonel. And then she gets she, one and then gets clobbered. And he's like, Colonel, I love you. And then he explode. And then Patrick Colasar was never heard from again. I was say, Wink! On every single page of notes for the next three episodes, I had a line that just said, Our boy! <laughs> <laughs> It's not right what they did to our boy. It's fine what they did to our boy. Uh, I do I love- like that he had this exact moment in the first half of Gundam Double uh-huh. as well. I do love uh, Cotty's reaction to it, yeah. too. Like, she, she she looks genuinely concerned and horrified that Colossar's gone. And yells just his first name like a real human. <laughs> Patrick Colossar. <laughs> no, that's only for I'm members so- of Celestial Being. I'm sorry, Patrick Mannequin. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> But Felt has found the docking bays for the Celestial Being, and Sumeragi's like, okay, we're going to blow our way in and go get a Veda. Ramming Ur speed. They use Trans Am. Don't, I thought they had D-board to use Trans Am. They used to. They've got the O Gundam, well, which actually, doesn't have a Trans Am on board. Correct. Uh, they have a too, we know. But it doesn't have an engine. It doesn't have a drive. Hmm. And we don't know that. We will find that out. Yep. Yeah, both... Oh, the O Gundam has the particle Condenser. battery. The same thing the uh, Gun Archer has. Which I don't... They never established whether it can or can't use Trans Am, but I would assume it can't because it's not actually generating particles. At, at, at what point did Aeolia build the ability to Trans Am into a Gundam? With the drives, I assume. 
because okay, that's fair. when they transfer, they keep the ability. I assume that is part of the GN drive. That would also explain why the Ptolemaeus can do it. Although, also, also, the way Trans Am is described, I assume just having particles would let you do it. It would just be a bad idea because yeah. you would run out of particles very well, quickly. Well, if Trans Am was a function of the drive to boost the output, the particle condensers might not have that kind of function. I agree with you, but I think there's no reason why you couldn't build one with it. That said, it would we don't just be a bad one unless we, you it, didn't unless you didn't know how it works. Yeah, it's fictional technology. We have no idea how it works, but the fact that Billy can do one with the bad GN drives su- suggests to me it is a way of utilizing particles more than anything. The way it has been described. That's fair. That said, up till now, yes, the Ptolemaeus always needed Alleluia sitting in the chair <laughs> on the switch before. To use Trans Am. I'm just imagining him swapping between Hallelujah and Hallelujah and Hallelujah being like, yes, now we'll all murder them all, Trans Am! No, I feel like if Hallelujah was in that situation where he had to sit there and use Trans Am for the Ptolemaeus, he'd be raging about the fact of let me go kill them all. So the Ptolemaeus rams into the celestial being and wedges itself into a warship bay. Ptolemy has docked. <laughs> I love that line. Ptolemy has docked. Uh, well, that is a word for it. Not the one I would use. I would probably go with crashed. <laughs> so speaking of Alleluia, he and his girlfriend show up to 300 this and defend the little docking bay area that they are inside. And Lasse is like, I can also be a 300. We've got that O Gundam, remember? And it's not like I'm going to be doing any good here driving. Tactical espionage action. <laughs> Well, she just knows that uh, the three remaining pilots who she's sending to do that have experience in class levels in tactical espionage action. And also Saji. Well, Saji's <laughs> just going to babysit the uh, the double O Gundam. You know that. So Ribbons is like, unfortunately for you, I brought murder automatons. And uh, Melinda's like, mm, there are a lot of murder automatons on our ship. And also there are a lot of mobile shoots trying to sneak into our docking bay. It's not a good look. So she has Lasse and Ian seal off all of the bulkheads aboard the Ptolemaeus. So Saji has to, or not Saji, Saji is part of this, but Setsuna ends up running into Louise and has to go head to head with her new mobile suit. Yet Ribbons is like, unleash the named characters. And Louise shows up in her regnant. While Lockon shoots his way in, is like, ah, time to do a death star. Why the fuck is Ali Alsacha doing just sitting here? Wasn't he supposed to come out and fight us? What is he doing here in this hallway I blew my way into? Why is, is he here? Is Lockon missing his new stuff, his new gear? Uh, he is detached at this point. It got blown up earlier. Although he does have guns. rifle bits. He does have rifle bits, though. And well, no, he also- still does have it. Okay. Yeah, he's got his shoulder thing. Also, rifle bits are straight up just funnels. Correct. Which he crashes into (laughs) Satchez's fangs. So Lost H starts taking pot shots from the, like, opening bay of the Ptolemaeus. I absolutely love those shots where it's just the O-Gundam standing in the back hatch, like, kind of awkwardly just blazing away. So much of that is just the RX-78. It's 100% the RX-78. With a slightly different shield. Remember, Ribbon's Altmark's voice actor is one uh, Amaro Ray. That's fair. Was he also the guy for Amaro Ray in the uh, in the English dub? No, that's Setsuna. So, Sumeragi gets out a fucking machine gun from she her. She gets fu- a really big gun from her fucking machine gun cabinet, and Felt's like, "Hey, I found Veda. I'll tell everybody where it is." Tiaria gets some bogies on his tail, specifically Hilling and Revive. Hey, the, I remember the, the other two uh, named characters that aren't that haven't been on the field yet. And Shock of Shocks, they also got Trans Am. And Tiari is like, I should have seen that coming, I guess. Trans Am. Also Trans Am. But can't hit them. And gets all of its poor big cannons 
taken right off of him. No, he's still got two of them. He's still got his shoulder guns. Okay, but the big arm cannons. Yep. But then he crashes into the ship. Meanwhile, Sanchez is meleeing with Lockon and is like, I like melee combat. And Lockon's like, Lock-on's I have like pistols. Guns. But he does do a good job blocking a sword with his pistol, though. Well, we've seen him do that before. As we said before, they're melee pistols because Lockon 2 watched Dark City a lot when he, or I'm sorry, uh, What's the movie I'm thinking of? Equilibrium. Young Lockon watched a lot of Equilibrium as a child. But Sanchez takes off one of Lockon's legs. Cut to Soma and Alleluia. And Soma's like, I'm almost out of particles. My beam guns are doing the thing where they don't do the beams. The gun archer's head looks like it's a like a person behind a visor. It does. Meanwhile, automatons are breaking through into the Ptolemaeus. Everything's sh- going wrong right now. Really. Yes. And Sumeragi is like, I'm going to leave this defensible position behind this door to go stand in a hallway. Oh, she's got to buy time. She's got to stop them from charging the girls. She stands in the middle of the hallway. (laughs) Yes. There are a nice couple of corners you could be hiding behind right there. It would be smart. She's really bad at uh, actually doing the the stuff that tactical forecasting requires. She just forecasts. And hey, look, it's... Whatever the fuck this guy's name yeah, is. Yeah, a wild Billy appears. You made a joke on a take we didn't end up saving. We had to destroy in a fire, unfortunately, Tyler, about Lock-On being a, an encounter in Undertale and he just needing to dodge his attacks long enough to talk to him. That's very similar vibes for Billy here, who's got a murder robot right behind him. He's got a couple of murder bots behind him, but fortunately he has a remote control. Yeah, he's locking them on a leash. They get rowdy if they're not exercised every day. And, and so Billy's got a, a pistol. Whoa, Billy's got a gun. And Luis Halavi has a homing laser and also an Andre Smirnov. <laughs> he's there too. I like to think Ribbons doesn't even know he's there. <laughs> I would wager he probably doesn't. No, he just thinks he's Mr. Bushido. He just took the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you looked so plain under that mask. But uh, Setsuna takes out one of Andre's legs like, dude, this is not your fight. Get, get the fuck out of here. Uh, it turns out Luis has Fengu. Yes, we've seen them before. They're the, the hand missiles, not quite as good as the toe missiles. Luckily, Setsuna does some rad anti-Fang stuff. Luis declares him evil, corrupting the world. Everyone knows Setsuna's alignment is definitely lawful evil. But Saji is like, would getting rid of us make you happy? Do you want a future you just win through fighting? That seems bad. As Setsuna is just stoically like, all right, man, start throwing them persuade checks. <laughs> Although at this point, Sessina's also getting ready to just tear Luis's ship apart. And Saji's like, we need to understand each other for the future and stuff. And that's the end of the episode. But wait, there's more. Ribbons get shot again. God damn it. You guys didn't need to use the same cliffhanger twice. I would actually just like every cliffhanger from now until the end of it just being Ribbons <laughs> getting shot, including at the end of the final episode. And he just keeps coming back progressively more and more irritated. <laughs> Or like his clones get a little bit worse each time. He just has one cyborg eye. So the, the final <laughs> one has like the Habsburg chin. Hilling and Revive are like, hey, let's go help Louise. That'll be good. But then Hilling looks down at the Seravi and is like, wait a minute. It's got a Gundam in a Gundam. You'd think that would be the thing, but no. She sees that the cockpit is empty and Tiaria has engaged in Tiaria espionage action. <laughs> Tiaria... Yeah, Terry, I, I want Tactical to still be in that, but <laughs> and it's Ribbon, not. Is, I'm pretty sure this is Ribbon. Is it Ribbon? It's just like floating in Veda, like, yay. To be fair, that would be where the Quantum would be in a Quantum computer, and he is Quantum Brainwaves, yep. so. Then we end on the most Bond-ass ending. 
of Terria just pointing a gun at Ribbons and Ribbons going, Terria, erd. Ribbons, Amar. And he looks very determined. Veda the computer. And that's the end of the I'm episode. Sorry, Veda the hedgehog. <laughs> erd. Terria, erd. Wait, let me look up Veda the hedgehog really quick. This has got to be a thing. We got one that's, uh, whatever, Blaze. We've got one that's just Blaze the Cat, but a hedgehog. We 420 the hedgehog. Grumpy Blaze the Cat, but also a wizard. Is there an actual character named Veda Rainin? I would believe that, but not that I'm aware of. No, it's just a very prolific artist who really likes his... The hedgehogs? V- Veda the, the foxhog. So yeah, what do we think of this one? There are things it's I like right. about it, but the Gagagas take so much. Uh, like I said, that's also a runner for low point of double O for me, honestly. I do not care for the Gagagas at all. Yeah, I mean, I know I said you have to fire that the big guy, the big old space laser again, but honestly, I think Gundam needs to kind of lay off the super weapons. They kind of take away from dra- from the drama of the situation because it's a space, it's a big old space laser. Yeah, but you're not going to space laser away the main characters. That's not dramatic. I mean, there's, in one of the early space lasers, there's, I think, a possibility that one of the main characters could have died, but not anymore. On the trench run there? Yeah, or uh, when they were fighting Memento Mori 1. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. I don't think it needs to lay off. I think the problem is Double O brought them in maybe a little too early, because they don't show up until the very end of Gundam Seed, right? And I don't want to play the Gundam Seed versus Double O card too early, but one of the reasons I like the climax of Seed so much more is it's a much more clear three-way battle, and the two sides shooting super weapons at each other are the sides with the least main characters, so they can potentially do a lot more. Whereas here they just feel like window dressing, and a way to narrow down the odds so that the main characters have a chance. Yeah. Do you have a high point, Tyler? I was trying to think of one, and I'm like... I feel like it's got to be one of the terrible cliffhangers we end on. By terrible, I mean everything's going terribly. Uh, actually, you know what? It is actually the final cliffhanger um, after the credits of Tieria being I'm James Bond. Da-da, da-da. Uh, there's a lot of like good, we end on a bunch of tense moments, um, so that generally. Um, but if I'm choosing a specific one, it is Tieria being James Bond. Zach? This is, like Tyler said, this is kind of tough to come up with one. I think I might have to... Just go with the that last part of Setsuna and Saji versus Louise. I didn't expect to get this, but I think you both forgot about it. Cotty, I love you. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I will also say, like, it's not like a specific high point, but there is a lot of like good action going on in this. Yeah. Uh, the problem is it's all good action the entire time. There's not a whole lot dumb going on except for the Gagagas. And like you said, Tyler, I was kind of negative to this episode. It does do a very good job of setting a whole bunch of peril for the characters for next episode do you have a low point tyler not particularly actually um at least not not anything other than the one that i know you're gonna take so huh what am i gonna take okay yeah okay i do know what you think i'm gonna take you can take it first that that's the advantage you get by being first actually this is a running problem i think for the last couple episodes and then going forward sumeragi sure is doing some tactics I don't know. Punch it, Chewie, is her <laughs> tactics. Um, so Cotty did the tactics so good she didn't have to do tactics. Okay, that's fair. Cotty made fair. a big hole for them to punch it through. <laughs> I feel like just fly at the ship and shoot all of our big guns at it is kind of a lame strategy, but also we're kind of wrapping things up. 
Uh, hey, there's only two more episodes after this. I don't know how they're going to land this. Yeah, you, you see, I again, I wonder if me saying it colored your opinion, but you see what I mean, right? Yeah, About- no, I mean, spoilers, I know how they wrap it up, and I'm not, like, crazy yeah. satisfied with it. Oh, but- you're not? Okay, we'll get to that then. Not this episode, obviously. Zach, what's your low point? You're giving me the grin of, this is what my low point is, Jeremy. You know it to be true. <laughs> it's the Gagagos. They suck so much. They're such a terror. Like, like you said, you could have done it with a missile and it would have been fine. But no, it's like, here's this crappy thing, which is just buy another playset and toy. Although I don't know who wants the Gagaga unless there's someone who wants all the double lot mobile suits. Because it's just ta- like, it's ugly looking. It doesn't do anything. It's like, it's a suicide bomb. It knows Skull Bash. What do you do? Like. Yay, it's so... Uh, I do, again, though, love all the bring stability just going transam, transam, yeah, and trans. I mean, oops, transam. That's not really a function of the Gagaga that could easily have been accomplished by a transam. Or, like, any any better sh- suit, yeah. You know, I think I'm just going to picture all of the Gagagas as transams now, and it's probably going to be far funnier. <laughs> <laughs> What's your low point, Jeremy? I'm going to go with Sacha as being like, hey, I should go out and do a thing, right, boss? And by that, I mean stand in this hallway in case someone blows their way in through Unless a hole somewhere. Who has a poignant <laughs> grudge against me blows their way into this particular hallway. That's like 50% of our enemies, so. Alternatively, with Sacha actually just tracking the Cheritum, and just waiting for no, it. No, because he has no idea oh, well, who that is, fair. right? Maybe he wanted to fight a Gundam. He, he, he's in, at least I'll discover the Flash's secret identity, as far as Lock-On is concerned. Yeah, because, like, th- there is a grudge between Tieria and him and Setsuna and him. As far as he knows, who's, whoever is currently driving the Cherudium doesn't have a grudge against him. Yeah, it is one-sided from his perspective. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Oh, man. I think it's going to be Patrick. <laughs> I, I got to give it to him once, and he actually did some stuff this episode. Fair. It, and you're never going to have another chance again, because he's dead. He is dead. I legitimately thought he died here, so. Uh, it would make sense, right? Zach. Colossar. Oh, I'm going to go with Caddy, because yeah, she, she was my other choice. She did all the tactics and stuff for them, so they could just punch it, Chewy. Yeah, but like you said, I love you. <laughs> it's good. It's good. That's why I gave it a high point, but. And he finally gets to be useful. It's true. All right. So we have got to get some mobile suits on here because we're almost out of episodes and we got mobile suits to rank. So let's put the Lady Gaga on the list. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think this is one that's shooting for the bottom. I don't think it's going to make it all the way, but yeah, for sure. Definitely the dumbest innovator suit, right? Like worse than the Gazaro. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think worse than the Jinx for sure. Oh, I would yeah. agree. Not even a question. Now we're in the bad zone. Be- worse than the Kapool, I think. I agree. Yeah, I, I hate the Kapool, but at least it serves a narrative fucking purpose. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got a specialized function. Dumb so. mobile suits everybody hates. Worse than the Leo, right? Yes. Yeah, we're getting there. Is better or worse than the Gelsgi, which is the Drider? Again, the, the Gelsgi is going for it, and I worse. appreciate that. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you know my thoughts on that. I mean, the, Ga- the, the Lady Gaga here is, <laughs> like, it's just a fucking ballistic missile with extra bits better or worse than the helion the mobile suit that will be in an act when it grows up <laughs> i think it's worse i agree i think it's about the same but i i don't want your love i don't want to be friends i just want your bad transam better or worse than the rialdo the mobile suit that i want to call a realdo that will be a flag when it grows up i actually do worse. think it's better than the rialdo it has such a dumb head yeah but the rialdo at least isn't just a ballistic missile with extra bits I absolutely hate these things because that's literally all they are. I don't think I'm quite as vehement about it, but I do think I agree with Zach. 
Okay, better or worse than the suey chai, which I have put double O crab next to. Oh, that one. Okay. No, it's not the trilobite. Yep. To be clear, it's the one from the first half that bot sets in an underwater one time. The Gaga gets better than that. I don't think so. I think I agree that it is better than that. <laughs> okay, so the Gaga goes four from the bottom, <laughs> above the Shui Chai, and below the Rialdo. What is our bottom level mobile suit? The Minestral, which is the ball equivalent from Gundam Seed. All right. Hey, the Gun Archer got totaled this week, so we should probably put that on here. <laughs> probably a good idea. Gun Archer, unfortunately, worse than the Arios or Kyrios, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I do like the red more than I like the orange. I like the red and white paint scheme. I kind of I, I kind of like the Gun Archer. I know it sounds weird because I usually hate transforming mobile suits. What is the mobile suit that got saviored called? Why can I not? The uh, savior. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you have got to keep that. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, you're right. Was the... Was the you weren't making a joke. You nope. literally could not think of the name. Nope. <laughs> um, speaking of red transforming mobile suits, better or worse than the Savior? I think, I think worse. Slightly. I think it's a little worse than the Savior. I agree. Did we put the Aegis above or below the Savior? I swear to God, the Aegis is above the Savior. You are incorrect. I also think worse than the Aegis, though I think we are very dialed in. Yep. I think I like the Aegis more. I think better than the Wyndham, though. Which doesn't transform, so I'm not sure why I picked it. Let's keep going for something that does transform, although the lower I scroll, the more I'm like definitely above this. I mean, I actually kind of like the Wyndham, so I might say I the do Wyndham. too, but I think I like the Wyndham more than the Gun Archer. Okay, you both think Wyndham above Gun Archer? Yeah. Yeah. Better or worse than the Gades? Speaking of mobile seats for girls, that's the one a new returner had. I think the Gades has more toys, and it that kind of makes it more fun. It does have more toys. Yeah, I think I do too. Because like, while I kind of like the idea of the gun archer, I kind of like the look of it. At the end of the day, it's basically just equipment for the Curios. I'm, I'm probably not as good as the Double O Gundam, which is missing nope. its equipment. No. no, I like the Double O all right. But now I feel like we're in the zone. Better than the Din, right? Oh, yes. Better than the Exus. That's uh, oh, Neo Rowan Oaks. funnel machine. Yeah. Better than the Chaos Gundam, that kind of transforms, I think. That kind of transforms. That's the one with Funnel the funnels. druggy. Do I agree with that? Yes, I think I do. I think better than the Legend. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I think better than the Gabaldi rebake, but you both like that more than me. I think we're here's where we hit Is the Is that wall. the one with the big hammer? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, what, I think I name? prefer the Gabaldi remake. Koichi? Is yeah. Rebake. Yep. KO1. Yep, no, I, I think I also prefer the Capaldi rebake. All right, then, the Gun Archer, which is not the Fun Archer, goes above the legend and below the Gabaldi rebake. That's because the Fun Archer is an alcoholic. All right, so any final thoughts on this episode? It was pretty okay. My problem is it was all action points. It did, like I said, do a great job setting up tension, but... Yeah, it really just comes down to the Gaga plot point, I think, is really lame, and the Death Star does not do a good job of raising the stakes. Although they do a good job of raising personal stakes for every character. I mean, the reveal of, hey, look at all my brings stabity, like, that's an interesting idea, but then they just immediately kind of piss it away by putting them in these things. I could assume that being a way more major plot point in a slightly longer version of this show. Yeah, like I started to say, it kind of says bad things about Ribbons, right, and how he's willing to sacrifice all these people, but again, we don't know to what degree they are even people. Like, are they all part of Veda too? Because then it's not even a sacrifice, really. And also, Billy was like, yes, I created Trans Am to put on some missiles i'm such a good designer <laughs> this is why he was never dr eidman 
Yeah, I, I think my biggest problem with this episode is that unless you believe that Patrick Olisar actually died, nothing really happens this episode, but a bunch of stuff is gonna happen. It's a weird action-y setup episode. Yeah. I really like the end of Gundam Devil, though, but I get kind of climax fatigue by it. Whereas Gundam Seed has kind of a long climax, but it's also broken up a lot more. It's a lot of similar battles, not the same battle going on forever. All right, it's a Gundam will return in Beyond. Isn't it our turn to go out yet?